0: Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Welcome to Season 8, Chapter 11. Today we have an interview with Greg McMahon. This is the person that can actually twist balloons for 100 kids at the same time with no line. We all have something to learn from Greg, so enjoy this show. Take
1: your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist
0: Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. What's up? Zivi Kivi here. And today I'm so excited. I'm like deeply excited because I have the pleasure of talking with a professional balloon twister and performer and someone that has been developing his craft craft to a level that I think, honestly, just from the get-go, I want to say it out loud. I think people need to listen to what this person has to say and learn very, very seriously the way that he's been performing and take every single idea that he uses uh, seriously. So with that introduction, I want to let you know we are talking today with Greg McMahon from Atlanta, Georgia. Greg, you've been performing with balloons and with all sorts of other skills for 45 years. Hello, sir. How are you, Greg? I'm doing great. Hello. Hello. And thank you so much for being here. Give me the short version of those 45 years. Like, what do you do? How did you get there? Give me the shorter version because we don't have 45 years.
1: I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is north of where I am now. And our whole family was involved in theater. Local community theaters, and that's where I learned that I love to entertain and perform. So that's what I decided to do. When I was fourteen, I decided I was going to be a magician, and I gave myself ten years to become a pro. And it took eleven. That was close enough for me. By the time I moved to Atlanta, I had a good number of years under my belt, and then I got a job at a magic store here in Atlanta, and then I became full-time magician after that. And I've been doing pretty quickly decided that I preferred entertaining children's audiences more than so than adults. And it was just a lot more fun for me. So that's what I've been doing all these years. I also do a little bit of graphic design work, web design, write some books, things like that on the side, but mainly it's performing.
0: Tell me how important are balloons for you? How major are they in your work?
1: I do a lot of balloon work, not only in my performing gigs like around festivals and things like that, but also at circus camp. It's a summer camp that we just finished actually um, on Friday. And we teach kids how to do circus skills like trapeze, tight wire, how to perform magic. I I teach them how to twist balloon animals, juggling, all kinds of things. And I've been doing that for 27 years. And the balloon class is probably the most popular class we have there.
0: And you also use balloons not just for teaching kids, but also for entertaining kids
1: oh yeah that's where my no line balloon technique it hinges on the entertainment portion of the balloons a lot of times i see people making balloon animals and they have the people staying in a straight line which is to me it's just ridiculous why would you entertain an audience one person at a time and the people in line are getting antsy and and the kids are getting they're, they're moving around they can't hold still they're excited about the balloons and it just creates a lot of
0: tension and no fun in the line so you think it's actually possible to not walk with a line oh yeah
1: I, i've been doing my no line technique since about 1990 and i developed it when i was working in a mall in the food court and i would have hundreds of kids a day come up and get balloons and uh, want balloons so with malls and festivals and fairs The people in charge do not want their guests standing in the line doing nothing and waiting. They want their people walking around, spending money, enjoying the shows, having a good time. So that's why I developed a way of doing this. So it's a performance that includes balloons at the end. So they're watching the show as I'm making the balloons. And I have them standing in a semicircle in front of me and not in a line. So it's like a street performer set up and it works really well for me.
0: Is that something that you basically developed independently or did you learn that somehow? No, I figured it out myself. I uh,
1: decided that the key to doing high volume work is not the balloons themselves. It's the entertainment factor and the children having fun with the balloons. And that's when I decided to turn it into a performance and not a fast food balloon restaurant, you know, handing out balloons uh, like a factory. And it works really well. Also, um I've decided to limit it to one balloon per person, although later I figured out a way to do two balloons per people if it's not too busy. And that worked out well because it turns out the kids, 99.9% of them don't care if it's one balloon or a dozen, and they don't care how fancy or simple the design is because I'm too busy making the laugh and giggle and have fun. And so the balloon is like a little treat at the end. It's like, oh, by the way, here's a balloon. I hope you had a fun time watching my performance. And then the next person comes up. I can tell you the details about how I arrange the people, if you like.
0: I do. But before we go into the details, which are very important, I want to just clarify. So the bottom line is that you will perform in such a way where you will give some kids a balloon. Will there be any kids that don't get a balloon? Oh, no, no. They all get a balloon, no matter how many there are. I make sure they all get a balloon. So tell me, how do you reach that? Like if you have like, what, 100 kids?
1: Well, there are not going to be 100 at one time. <laughs> the way it works is I have a, a basket on the ground next to me with uninflated balloons in it. Usually two or you know, three bags worth of balloons. And just assorted colors. I don't sort colors out. They're just all different colors. And as soon as the child comes up, I have them reach in the basket and pull out a balloon. I say, pick your favorite color. So immediately, they've got something in their hand, and they're occupied. They're doing something. They're involved already, and and I haven't even done anything, really. So that helps a lot right there. Once I get a few kids in front of me holding an uninflated balloon, usually, like, if if it's a big crowd... I'll get like 10 or 20 kids in front of me with a balloon and I'll go back and I'll start inflating the balloons. And the whole time I'm, I'm doing this, I'm telling the kids what animals I can make or hats or flowers or swords. I give them a list of the animals and I hand the balloon back to them inflated. So now they've got an inflated balloon that they're playing with and whacking it around and waving it in the air and having fun with it. And then I go back to where I started and I find out what they want and I twist. I twist really fast. So I can probably make a balloon dog in about five seconds. So I twist the balloon dog, hand it back, blah 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 blah. I go down the line, make the balloon animals, and then they're happy. And then the next kids come up. And the whole time that I'm making the balloon animals, more kids are coming up. I tell them to grab a color, pick their favorite color from the basket. I repeat the process, and it works really well. The longest people have to wait is usually about ten minutes, and that's if I'm really, really busy.
0: So you will basically like serve them kind of like 20 by 20 or 10 by 10 and yeah i don't really count i just go by just a feeling
1: of how many i can do at this point but it's usually if it's a busy event yeah it's usually you uh, have 20 kids in front of me in a semicircle with the parents behind them and um, i'm just blowing the balloons up with my balloon pump handing them out and then going back and twisting you use a hand pump no no i, I hate those things i use a stand-up I think it's called a Mac pump. I used to use a uh, T. Myers pump, but then I got the Mac pump. I like it better. Yeah, I don't like those little hand pumps. They look cheap and amateurish, and they break real easily. And I just, I just don't like them. So you will
0: actually, you will not mouth inflate.
1: No, oh, no, 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 no. I would die if I did that. <laughs> with the, with a number of balloons that I, I go through. Oh my gosh! On a busy, really, really, super busy festival. I might do five hours and go through four to 500 balloons.
0: Usually, how do you make sure that the kids will not say, pick me, pick me, like fight over who will you pick first?
1: It's never an issue because I'm going so fast. And like I said, the second they come up, they got a balloon in their hand, So they feel like they've already been picked and then they have an inflated balloon. So they feel like they're already part of the activity. They're already involved. When kids say, pick me, pick me, pick me, that implies that that they don't feel like they're a part of it and they want to be involved. So I get them involved right away. So that's never an issue.
0: So you manage by your persona, your charisma, the fact that you move all the time between kids to make them resist the urge to say, here's my balloon, Take, take this, take this. I want a sword, I want a sword. Like you literally manage to make them not try to push the balloon at you
1: it's never really much of an issue there will occasionally be a kid usually a younger kid who doesn't really get what's going on quite yet who will be holding the balloon up in my face and i'll just tell them oh i'll get to you don't worry and uh, you hey, play with the balloon for a little bit i'll be right there and if they're really insistent then i'll just go ahead and make the balloon right away because with this system there is no order of kids there is no one kid who's the next in line because there is no line so i can just bounce back and forth and Twist kids at random or twist balloons for the kids at random. And uh, it's never an issue of, of that line mentality of, oh, I'm next, I, I'm next, I'm next, I'm next.
0: Do you on purpose make sure that you pick a kid on random? For example, you'll go one time for a kid on the right and then you'll go to maybe a kid on the left and then he, another one for the middle and kind of randomly pick uh, all over the place. Yeah, I do that
1: purposely because. It teaches the kids that this is how I work. And you're going to get a
0: balloon pretty quickly. Don't worry about it. And all of the balloons that you give away are uh, one balloon sculptures? For really busy events, yes, I, I limit
1: it to one balloon. And everything that I make is made from the same length of an inflated balloon. So like if somebody wants a mouse where you inflate the balloon just a little bit, I just don't make those. Unless it's not very busy and I have time, I can inflate a balloon just a little bit and do it for them. Then I'll do it if it's not too busy of an event. But if it's a really super high volume event, I just say, oh, I don't know how to do that or um, something like that. Because while I'm handing out the balloons, I tell them all the things that I can make. Puppy dog, bunny rabbit, lizard, giraffe, so on and so on and so on. Or a hat or a flower or a sword. And then I always hold up a straight balloon and say, or I can make a stick or a very tense worm. That that always gets a laugh from the parents.
0: Did you ever have that happen to you that uh, a parent will come and say, this kid was waiting for a very long time. Occasionally,
1: at which point I just make the balloon for that kid right away and get him out of there. Because I, the, I don't want that person there. If they're going to be real nasty and mean and not understand the idea that the kids are all having fun and being entertained, then go away. <laughs> you know, just go away. I don't want you here. So I get him out of there as fast as I can because they kind of bring everybody down. So I want everybody to be kept up and happy.
0: And, uh, what about the kids that actually already got the balloon? Do they basically walk away from the area, or do they most stay? Most of them, yeah, most of them do because they're with their
1: parents. Sometimes they'll they'll stick around for a little bit, and I'll, I'll just ask them to back up a little bit so we can the next kids can come in, and then they might watch me just for the fun of it for a little while. But then they go, they're all playing with their balloons.
0: So, what do you do in a, like maybe a birthday scenario?
1: Same basic idea, but I have the birthday child hand out the balloons while I blow them up. And so the birthday child gets to pick which kid gets the balloon and all the other kids at that point, they're going, me, 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 which is fine because there's only 15 kids or so. It's not that many to worry about. But they still have a lot of fun with it. Once they all have an inflated balloon in their hand, again, they've got something to play with right away. So they're not waiting in line. They're not waiting for me to get the balloon to them. They've got a balloon as soon as I can blow it up. The whole time, again, I'm telling them the things that I can make. And I also make a special hat for the birthday child after she or he is handed out all the balloons, and it's a big extravagant thing with the uh, like six or seven balloons, and I uh, just do a twist in the middle, stick it on a, a base, a hat base, and then they love it. They they'll wear it for a little while, and then I tell them to go put it on their dad's head.
0: That is cool. How can someone see you do that? Like, do you have any video of that or? That shows how you walk with the with no line, or maybe you have some ebook about that. I do have a, a book called Kids Think
1: It's Funny, in which that was the first time I put this idea into print, and it's a sort of a beginner's version or my first writing of it. I've, I've expounded on it since then and added a lot more details in other articles that I've written. I don't have any videos of me doing it yet because most of the time. I'm not with anybody that can take the video, (laughs) but I do want to get a video and I have some friends with really nice video cameras that can help me out on that now.
0: That is really something that I think is uh, clever. I've been using all sorts of like line walk alternatives. That's how I call it. And some of them with guessing games where the kids need to guess what I'm making. And some of them, you know, with with other games involved. And... uh, What I like about your system is that eventually they do get a balloon. So by going simple with the level of the balloon and just making, you know, small, fast creations that are very fast, they all use the same amount of air, you can actually get a lot of them in a few seconds, as you mentioned, five, six seconds. And what you've added from the way I look at it, you've added comedy in the interaction because you just keep going from right to left for keep explaining to the kids what they should do. So I can see a lot of potential for just clowning moments that will be funny. Is that what you're doing?
1: Yeah. So some of the gags that I do is ask them what their name is. And no matter what they say, I I call them Bob. That's a running gag that I've been using for a few years now. And kids think that's just the funniest thing when I call them Bob. When I blow up the balloon, I'll, I'll, pretend that I'm not noticing that I keep whacking them on the head with it or hitting them across the arms with it. They react to that. They love that. Sometimes I'll push my finger into a balloon and hand it to them and it goes flying up into the air. Occasionally, a balloon will have a hole in it, so I make all kinds of funny noises with the balloon when that happens. I make jokes and comments about the animals. Like if they want a bunny rabbit, when I'm done twisting it, I'll hold it up and have it go hop, 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 hippity hop. I just have... All these things that I've come up with that I just sounds like it's off the top of my head, but I've been doing the same thing's the same lines for so long that it sounds like that.
0: Are those lines documented in the kids thinks it's funny? I don't think so. It's actually been a while since I've read the book, <laughs> even though I,
1: I wrote it. I don't think I have a whole lot of lines in there. I have a an ebook on my site that is balloon shows, and that might have some more of the lines in there. But that covers the stage show with balloons, not so much the no-line balloon technique.
0: So what do you do in your balloon show? Tell me more about that.
1: I call it my balloon extravaganza, and I teach the audience how to make a balloon animal. And I've done this for groups up to about 75 to 100 people. It takes a, a bit of preparation. Before the show, I blow up as many balloons as I can, usually about 200. Like if it's an audience of 75 people, let's say. I'll blow up a hundred, maybe 125 balloons. And I do that backstage or before I get there. So they're ready to go. So I do a short little magic show, maybe five or 10 minutes, little goofy magic tricks, maybe my Rocky raccoon puppet. And then I'll go into the balloons, in which point I uh, tell them about balloon safety. You know, don't put them in your mouth. I tell them to always start the knot. And I have a funny routine I do with that. And... Then I demonstrate how to make a balloon animal. Basically, fold, squeeze, twist. Fold, squeeze, twist. Fold, squeeze, twist. So you do that three times and you got an animal. I don't try to do individual bubbles. That's beyond most kids. but They can usually handle fold, squeeze, and twist. And then I hand out the balloons. And chaos rules the land when I hand out the balloons because I literally throw them into the audience. I just throw them. And I always warn the kids, and I'm very strict about this is that they stay sitting down when I do this so they don't jump up and maybe step on somebody's fingers so they're all sitting down on the floor crisscross applesauce and I toss the balloons out to them and they all get a balloon and then they're so excited that a lot of times they just start twisting but I still go through it again step by step for the people that don't remember all the steps again making sure they start at the knot, and then they all have a balloon that they made themselves they can take home with them And the short little magic show plus the balloon twisting section, like with 75 kids, is usually about, i say 45 minutes because I had a lot of comedy and stuff like that to it as well.
0: So it sounds like a combination of a balloon workshop and a little bit of even puppetry and a little bit of magic and all sorts of additional fun stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Do you do any storytelling as well? Not
1: really storytelling, no. I'll tell you the funny bit that I do when I talk about the knot on the balloon. I always make sure they know to start at the knot. So I hold the balloon up, point to the knot and say, this is the knot. Always start twisting at the knot. And then I turn it over to show the other side and say, this is not a knot. So I call it a knot knot because it's not a knot. Then I turn the balloon again. This is the knot. This is the knot knot. This is not the knot knot. That's the knot knot over there. Always start at the knot. Not the knot knot, but the knot. Got it? And the kids are laughing like crazy by then. And then I just look at them and say, I have no idea what I just said. But they remember it because they might see me a year later and they'll say, start at the not, not the not, not the not. They always remember that.
0: That's the power of good comedy. Yeah. Have you been also performing for adults uh, or have you focused mainly on on kids?
1: Mainly performing for children. Years ago, I did some close-up strolling work for adults. I just didn't enjoy it as much. I much prefer hearing kids laughing and being super silly and and just having a good time.
0: Cool. I noticed also you have like a shop where you have a few books and lecture notes because you've been performing and lecturing all over the states, and people can even listen to an interview with you on the Kids in the Tent podcast. Among other things that uh, you've been interviewed to, can I ask you about this idea that these lecture notes that you have? called uh, Rain or Shine. What is that all about? A few
1: years ago, my wife and I, her name is Abby, we got a job doing street performing at a local amusement park called Six Flags Over Georgia. And this is the notes, the lecture notes of what we developed while we were there. Various gags and routines, things to look out for, like the heat, (laughs) how to dress properly so that you're not going to be have a problem with the heat and a lot of gags and routines that you can use, not only in the amusement parks, but any walk around situation, like company picnics, fairs, festivals, things like that. And uh, I just had a, we had a great time doing it. And the one idea that we had was to walk around with this big umbrella, which is on the cover pic- on the cover, actually, it's a picture of the umbrella and have rain come from underneath the umbrella, have it rain wherever we walked around. We tried some ideas. Abby came up with this idea of, of there's this thing you use in the gardens to spray pesticide that has a pump handle, builds up pressure on the inside. She tried mounting that on her back like a backpack and having tubes running up the, ho- up the umbrella. But that turned out not to be very practical. So we put that, on, that idea on the back burner. And then one day I, I had this aha moment where I realized how to make it happen. And I outlined that in the book, and it worked perfectly. And everybody loved the gag where it was appearing to rain underneath the umbrella.
0: So you will get wet, basically.
1: Yeah, which is great because it kept me cool the whole time <laughs> uh, because it was hot. And uh, I also, by lifting that umbrella, which, which ended up getting wet, was a good workout. I lost a bit of weight that summer.
0: <laughs> this is a really sweet prop visually, and just to be able to conjure rain underneath your umbrella, your huge umbrella. It's definitely just visually very, very pleasing and entertaining and funny. So would you be doing balloons while being wet? How does that work? No, we did not do any balloons at
1: the uh, Six Flags over Georgia Amusement Park. It was not conducive to that sort of thing because it just wouldn't have worked. A lot of teenagers, not that many younger kids, compared to teenagers. And teenagers don't want balloons. Plus, the management was not interested in the balloons because that's more work that they have to clean up the broken balloons. And
0: it just, it, yeah, it just would not have worked. So it was more like a strolling character, clowning, yeah, and stuff yes. like that. Yes, a strolling character,
1: and then we tried doing face painting for a little while, and that didn't work work out really well either because. I think a lot of it has to do with they're sweaty and that the face paint would run off in the sweat. Actually, to tell you the truth, I'm not really sure why it didn't work out with the face painting and the balloons. I just know they didn't want us doing balloons.
0: You basically just had a few gags that you stroll around and oh, yeah. rain on yourself. And there are other gags in that ebook. Is that right? Oh, yeah. There's
1: quite a few big gags in that book that people could use for any situation where they're doing a walk around.
0: So... We're talking about a few resources that are available on mrgreggiecom shopping. And that link is something that we will put in balloonartistpodcast.com. So when you go to today's episode, you'll have the link leading you directly to Greg's McMahon site. Again, it's Mr. Greggie with a double G, mrgregie and a y.com slash shopping. You spread the word and you share your no-line balloon technique. And I think that's really important to hear from a professional that for for many, many, many years uh, haven't seen kids standing in line. Is that right?
1: Families and children, they don't want to wait in line. Nobody likes waiting in line. When I see balloon workers making people wait in line, I just want to look at them and say, Are you not aware that these people are not having fun? You you need to pay attention to the audience. And when you're making balloon animals, the audience is the people that you're giving the balloons to. You got to pay attention to them. You got to see what's going on. Now, there are situations with small crowds or like a a company picnic where you're going to have a limited number of kids and you're going to be in the same group for two or three hours. There, it's fine to make extravagant balloons because you've got the time, you're not going to be Swamped with kids. I see no problem doing it in that situation. Same thing with birthday parties. I think with birthday parties, you give them a, an inflated balloon to play with while you're making the big intricate balloons. And you can spend more time on each balloon then. But in a high volume situation like a fair or festival, you got to get those balloons out fast. You, you got you to pump them out and keep the people happy so they don't wait.
0: Super cool. Guys, I think this is really inspiring. If you want to learn more about what Greg does and additional alternatives for line walk, then just go to balloonartistpodcast.com to this episode and you could learn more, especially for this episode. We will even put inside some some resource for you for uh, learning more about why line walk is bad for you and how you can overcome that. Greg, thank you so much for sharing a few of of your gags and your expertise. I really do take my hat off for all that you do to help people, not just learn about balloons and be happy, but also teach performers and professionals on better ways to entertain people, so. If you like, I got a couple of little bonus. Yes, let's do the bonus section. Yes. And now um, for the bonus section. More, more,
1: more. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. When people make balloon swords, they oftentimes wrap the balloon around the child's waist. And I've always had an issue with that because I was taught early, early on, when you're working with kids, never touch them below the shoulders. And so I I don't like seeing adults wrapping balloons around their waist. So what I do is I wrap a balloon around their head like a hat, and then the part that's sticking out, I fold it back over and make like a loop on their hat. And then I, I put the sword in that, in their hat. So their sword belt is on their head. Now, when they want to play swords, they pull out the sword, take off their hat. Now they have a shield and a sword that they can play with. And then as a joke, I'll I'll point to any part of the balloon sticking out, and I'll say, and it also has a Wi-Fi antenna, so you can post your battles to Facebook. But I found that kids love the idea of a shield and a sword. Once one kid sees that, they all want it. And the other tip? The other tip is this. When you're done for the day, and you're trying to close up your setup, and you still have kids coming up to get balloons, it can be a problem because you're trying to close down and they, they're wanting balloons. So here's what I do. Like 10 minutes before I'm supposed to leave, I start making balloon rockets only, only balloon rockets. And that's where you take a, a straight balloon, push your finger in it, aim and let go, and the balloon goes shooting off like a rocket. And here's a, another tip. When you blow up the balloon with a, a, an upright pump, stretch it upwards so you get a nice straight long balloon. So anyway, so I'm making the balloon rockets, but I don't hand it to them. No, no. I I tell tell them, I'm going to shoot the rocket way over there. You have to go over there and catch the balloon. So I'm shooting rockets away from me, which has the effect of the kids are now moving away from me, getting the balloons. And I show them how to shoot the balloon rockets so that now they're off in the field there away from me, shooting balloon rockets back and forth to each other while I can close up my shop and pack up and go.
0: Super cute.
1: Any other tip? There's so many. (laughs) I have um, these little folding baskets, that sometimes people use them for laundry, and I put one aside the other so that there's an, a space around the inner edge where you can tuck in blown up balloons, so you have a really nice display, and that way, when there's some downtime, you can inflate a few balloons and poke them in there, and so that helps if it gets really busy, they can just grab one of those balloons, and you don't even have to blow it up then.
0: Guys, if you want to learn more from Greg and from his really cool tips, you can hear and see that uh, he's been developing all those ideas for many years. And these are really original stuff that are really cool and funny and efficient. So just uh, go to com and find the link there to Greg's website. And uh, you could find more of these really golden nuggets. Easily over there. Thank you so much again, Greg, and see you guys next week on Balloon Artist Podcasts.
1: Bye, bye, everybody. I hope you learned some fun stuff and had an enjoyable listen to the podcast.
0: Well, I sure hope you've enjoyed this interview with Greg McMahon. Let me tell you something about Greg. He's been supporting other entertainers for over twenty years. He's been doing this for forty years, and he has been writing books and ebooks and lecture notes and. Actually, we've partnered with Greg to release some of his best PDFs, uh, and ebooks through Balloon Artist College. So if you go to balloonartistcollege.com and you go into the vault, there's the Greg McMahon experience there. Let me, let me tell you what you can find inside. You have there, uh, the lecture about the, the ebook about 100 balloons an hour and how to entertain kids with no line. You have there, the ebook kids think it's funny with a lot of ideas that you can use in your line or in your show to entertain kids because, uh, Greg know how to find ideas of things that actually make kids feel that it's funny. Uh, there's also a balloon show ebook. There's an idea about what to do in a water park scenario. Uh, there is even a Rocky Raccoon workshop in case you're really into performing. And, uh, there's an idea about a silly tie, uh, which if you're using a tie, you really need that ebook. All of these ebooks together cost 40 bucks. And you also get eight designs from the one balloon system because you're going to need that if you're going to produce 100 balloons an hour you're going to need some designs from our One Balloon System course. So we literally put in to the Greg McMahon experience eight lessons of designs that you can use immediately, all made from one balloon. How about that? Just go to balloonartistcollege.com, go into The Vault, it's under Courses, just you go to Courses, The Vault, And then inside you can find the Greg McMahon experience. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Balloon Artist College. I can't believe it's already episode 11. We have 14 episodes in this season. And then we go on a break again to work on new projects for Balloon Artist College. So for now, all I have to say is thank you. Thank you for listening. And see you next week on Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello Balloon Artists Podcast Nation, Zebi Kivi here. This is Season 8, Chapter 11, and I want to share with you a tip. And this is actually something that I know specific people that need this tip and that are using Facebook for their marketing, and if they hear about this idea, it will blow their minds. So I really hope that they are li- still listening to Balloon Artists Podcast, and I hope that you enjoy this too. So, you know, sometimes marketing on Facebook can be really confusing and frustrating. And that's why we recently released in Balloon Artist College a lecture for our BC members uh, with a lot of tips about how to use Facebook for marketing. But these tips specifically we didn't mention there, so you're getting an exclusively first shared uh, tip. And that is all about finding Facebook groups that are related to your, uh, like, t- like to your specific locale, uh, like moms, nifty moms in this city, and uh, all sorts of, like, groups of people that might book you, yeah, local groups, mom groups, and so on. And you're not going to join the group, or if you are in the group, it doesn't matter, because what you're going to do is actually not post on the group instead. What you're going to do is you're going to contact the admin of the group. Now, if you are familiar with Facebook a little bit, um, this is actually totally possible. You search for all sorts of keywords like cool moms and the name of cities and mom groups. And you can go for like all sorts of clubs related to your area. So you're looking for Facebook groups that are closed. But once you find a Facebook group with a name that sounds promising and related to you, that's when, because every small town has these Facebook groups that are uniquely dedicated for people from that town or from that neighborhood. So they, Facebook allows you to watch the admin, who is the admin and even to send them a message. So you're going to send them a message that, is, that goes something like this. Hi, um, my name is Zivikivi and... I'm a kids entertainer and a balloon artist from a city nearby. I would like to contact you and because you have an amazing group with people that I serve uh, from time to time with uh, my balloon business. And I would like to offer you a discount, especially for everyone that is in your group. Um, that's one way to tackle it, like to make them want to market you. Another way would be that you are looking for tips. Tips about birthdays and you would love it if they don't mind that uh, uh, they give you one tip and you will uh, write about them and their tip inside your blog, your your WordPress site blog. So there's a good chance they will give you a tip because they are in the mom group. And you will put it in their site and send them the link to to show it to them. And if you do that and they share your link, well, people are going to hear about you in a very positive way because it's from the admin. Another way to tackle it is after you get one to agree, you contact another Facebook group, let's say from nearby town, and you say, oh, I already got uh, Shelly to agree to send us a tip and I want to have a tip from you too, uh and we'll put that on the Facebook group and we will mention your group. So we'll put it on your website and we'll mention your group. So this is a way to work with influencers that is actually free, potentially. Uh, maybe if you're giving a discount, it costs you a bit, but not much. And when you get people to talk about you in places where you feel secured and safe and, tr- and the person is trustworthy, then you get... That trust uh to be applied to you, so to summarize, you go and you find all sorts of facebook group all of little towns and neighborhoods that are nearby your area. You contact the admin without joining the group, and you're asking them for uh some tip about uh a topic that is related to you about the neighborhood um about where to celebrate a birthday or whatever. You tell them that you will uh, add that to your site. You put that into a blog post, uh, and then, or it could be even a Facebook page uh, post. And then, uh, you send them the link so that they will share their opinions, uh, posted on your site. They'll share the link with their group. You are welcome to try this tactic. I know it works from experience of people that I coach. And I want you to know that we are here for you with a lot of tips and advices. Every single month, we have a Q and A session in Balloon Artist College. Uh, even when Balloon Artist Podcast is on a break, uh, which happens, uh, naturally, um, still have a Q and A session every single month in Balloon Artist College, as well as courses about marketing and about business and about balloons. So thank you for listening for this tip in Balloon Artist Podcast and see you next week on episode 12 of Balloon Artist Podcast.